Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. So let's get after the word. We're going to go to Hebrews 12. I'm going to pray and we'll get after this. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it is a light unto our path. It's a lamp unto our feet. Lord, that your word uh, instructs us, corrects us. Lord, your word rebukes us. Your word disciplines us. We're so thankful for the discipline that we have with you and the correction that we have to be able to be trained to, to walk out the, and run our full course and finish our race in this life. Lord, we look forward to your soon return and our catching away. Lord, we're so grateful for uh, all the promises and the blessings that you have for us. Lord, we're, your word is health and medicine to all our flesh, no matter, no matter the subject. We know from Proverbs chapter 4, so we thank you for that. We received that this morning. Thank you for the teaching, anointing, and utterance, and boldness, and grace to speak as we ought to in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that was set before us, that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That statement right there to me speaks of faith. Because it was the joy set before him. So that means he'd have to walk by faith because if it was set before him, he wasn't feeling it at the moment. <laughs> Does that make sense? There's, faith is all through the scriptures. I mean, you just the more you know about it and understand it, you'll see it more and more. Um, it says this, despising the shame, and we talked about there are things to despise, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, and that's the goal, finishing up. Verse 3, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So that helps us stay strong and not get weary. You have not, you have not resisted yet to bloodshed striving against sin. You have not uh, I'm going to read it again. You have not resisted to bloodshed striving against sin. Now, that's a, that's a powerful statement. Um, well, another translation here says, So far in your struggle against sin, you have not had to face death itself. <laughs> not like Jesus did, for sure. Right? So, people say this, and, and this is where religion and relationship uh, will begin to divide in, in faith worlds. If you look at Jesus and you go, I can't do that because it, Jesus was the son of God, you don't understand what he did for you. So a lot of times in, in uh, what people would call their faith or what they believe, a lot of times what, they're, what they mean is, I know I receive Jesus and I know I go to heaven when I die. And that's about the extent. And then after that, there's not a lot of teaching on how to operate in your day-to-day -day life with the Lord. But you are provided for, graces are provided for every day of your life. Now, to live in victory. Now, when people hear that, they think, oh, good, maybe I won't have a fight. But you didn't get that out of the word of faith. You know, some people think, if, well, if you have so much faith, you just never have any problems. No, you'll have so much faith and you'll overcome all your problems. Amen. Okay, so I, and I've had people get upset at me, you know, and not that I started Rhema, because I didn't, 
<laughs> had nothing to do with the starting of Rhema. But I've had people, because they've had some sort of experience or they have some perception about what faith is, and it's the wrong one. And they associate that with anybody that's been to that school, you know, or been around that group. You know, all the different things that can take place with that. And it's just ignorance. It's just misunderstanding. So you got to be patient with people, but they've been upset. Well, oh, I don't believe that faith message. Well, you better, you're not born again if you don't. There's only one way to get born again. By grace, through faith. And if you're not using your faith, you're not saved. Amen. Good word, Sean. Go ahead. Believe I will. Thank you. No, you have to use your faith. But the thing that got you in is the thing that keeps you going. And it's the thing that sees you through all the way to the end to where you can say like Paul did, I've finished my course, I've completed my race, I've done it, I've reached the finish line, there's a crown waiting for me, and I'm out of here. You know, and uh, people say, well, what is that? You know, Scripture says long life. You'd be satisfied with long life. Well, you know, there are two sides to that long life. I believe that speaks to life here on earth. It doesn't speak necessarily directly to eternal life because long life and eternal life are not exactly the same thing. But I think they could apply to both. You know, things overlap in the word. And you wouldn't do that scripture injustice by thinking that way. But Paul only lived to be 68. And he said he finished his course. Now, I think Paul might have been a workaholic. (laughs) You know, I think once he got a revelation... From and, and, and the appearing of Christ to him, he was like, I'm done. Get me out of here. I mean, he wasn't even afraid to talk about dying. He'd write it in his letters. You know, you Philippians are great, but boy, I, I'd be glad to get out of here. But I know that in order for you to make it, I need to stick around. <laughs> so I'm going to hang on just a little bit. You know, that tells you there's a lot more control in, in, with us than there is than what a lot of times people believe in the Christian faith. But we have a job, and we have things to accomplish, and you need to resist even unto bloodshed if necessary. Now, you can look at that two ways, and we know Jesus did resist unto bloodshed because of the blood that he shed. Okay, that's speaking specifically to from the Garden of Gethsemane through the crucifixion process and all of that. So that's speaking of that specifically. But then also in the the Hebrews' day, they were under persecution, if you know the history. Now, persecution today means somebody calls you the F word on Facebook. You say, why do you bring that up, Sean? It's been done to me multiple times. (laughs) Just look at the comments sometime under the prayer ad, unless Deborah got to them, and she deletes them. So, (laughs) they don't even know me. You know what I mean? Or whatever. And I've, I've, you've had that happen. I've had that happen. I have never been physically hit for being a Christian. I never have. Now, I've almost gotten into boxing matches when I was younger in my faith. <laughs> you say, what does that mean? I was carnal because I shouldn't have been in that situation at all. But, but, I was, but uh, uh, I've never physically shed blood for what I believe. Well, in their day... They were being martyred. So what does this mean in that other translation? So far in your struggle against sin, you have not had to face death itself. You haven't. You haven't had to face death. Now, you may have had to face an attack of the enemy in your body or something like that, but I'm talking about from another person. Most people have not. 
But in the day of the early church, they were taking children and families of Christians. They would take children and say, if you don't renounce your faith, we're going to kill your children. See, you can't even fathom that. Because, you know, we have our laws and freedoms and all that. And I'm very thankful for that. That's an answer to prayer. But that's how far the devil's willing to go. So don't underestimate how far he's willing to go. See, the devil's playing unto death. This game is real to him. And so this is part of the endurance discipline process because sometimes people are like, well, God, just tell the devil to leave me alone. And the Lord says, I gave you authority. You drive him out. Stop waiting for me to do what I've already put within your hands to do. Amen. Right? So we have to resist. We have to be strong. And we look to Jesus to find that strength. We don't look to Jesus and go and, and just live in awe of what he accomplished. We look to him understanding that he didn't do that to prove he was God. He did it so that you could have empowerment and power and share that power of God in your life. He didn't make you God. Some people take the believer's authority too far. It's what I call dominion theology. You know, I have, I'm seated with Christ. That don't make you Christ. You got to be careful with this stuff because it, it goes squirrely quick. And that's where we keep balance, right? So we see here, and it says this in one of the commentaries, which I liked. Verse 4 elaborates further on Jesus' endurance by comparing it to the Hebrews. They had not in their fight against sin resisted to bloodshed as Jesus had. This was another reminder that no matter what they had been or would go through, they could do it because Jesus had. That's the key. We can do because he has. Okay? And that you won't feel like you can do that. How many have noticed that? How many have read scriptures and it said, uh, put on kindness and gentleness and patience and love? You know why you have to put it on? Because you feel like wrath, anger, and revenge. I'm talking about your flesh, not your spirit. You know, I've had people say to me, well, I just don't feel like I love that person. Get out of your feelings into your spirit. Your feelings may catch up, but even if they don't, who cares? What does that matter? You're not a walking feeling. You're not just a giant emotion walking around. People think they are. And you know why? Because they've listened to the world and ungodly psychology and all sorts of nonsense stuff where they've dumped trillions of dollars into the study of the mind and the brain and the body and nothing into the spiritual realities of what takes of who we are on the inside. And most of the church swallows whatever the natural world comes up with because they read after a Christian author who has a PhD behind his name. And they think, well, this guy's smart. Well, let me help you. He's not smarter than this. None of them are. And I'll be real honest with you. In fact, the Lord says his foolishness is smarter than their smarts. It doesn't matter how, if it's a hardback book with many fancy labels behind the name. PhD could stand for post hole digger. You don't know. Just because they wrote a book on marriage, but they've been divorced and remarried seven times. They're not an expert. Amen. Amen. So it's one of those things where we need, to, we need to make sure to focus on the Lord because that's where our endurance come from. It comes from his word and the leading of the Holy Spirit within us. 
When, when, when we do that, when we live that way and from these words, they always work. They always work. So don't get frustrated with your church, your pastor, your, your friends, your Christian intercessors that haven't gotten you your answer yet. <laughs> Are we having fun? Yeah, yeah I'm having fun. It's, it's eating my lunch too in areas, okay? So don't get frustrated with them. Where's your relationship with the Lord? Well, if my husband would do this, then. Or if my wife would do this, then. So you're holding your spiritual development. You've given the power of your spiritual development to another human. There is no scripture for that. None. I, I cannot put on Dale... My responsibility. Yeah. You can sigh of relief, wipe the sweat off your brow. Right? It's not, it's not his responsibility to, to grow me up. Scripture is clear that I am to allow the Lord to discipline me. Amen. Okay, some people love discipline as long as they're the one doing it all the time to everybody else. And you're going to ruin relationships that way. Amen. You got to pick your you got to pick your times and know your places. Right. So we need to look to Jesus. We need to we need to basically what's saying what Paul's saying here is. He's saying this. He's saying. Take your circumstances then put Jesus up to them. Are they worthy of exalting over what Jesus did? Are they worthy of putting your trust and expectation in above what Jesus accomplished? And that's part of faith. That's part of that weighing out the word of God, looking at things, the transformation of our thinking. It's, take, it's putting things, it's putting the situation in front of us and putting Jesus and his life right next to it and going... Well, do I have any example that I can overcome in Jesus' life? And then we choose where we put our faith. Amen? So we need to keep that in mind. So uh, another commentary said it this way. In other words, thus far, none of the readers have had to die for their faith. Now, they were being threatened. We know they were under persecution, but they hadn't yet. But have you ever had the fear of death come against you? Have you ever had an overwhelming sense of like the enemy coming against you going, now some people think, well, you never felt, you, you think I never felt like I was going to, some people have felt like they were going to physically die. How many have felt that before? Three or four people. Okay. <clears throat> Others have never had that, but you've had the fear of death in other places. What if this relationship doesn't work out that you really want to work out? Fear of death. It's the enemy working and it happens in all sorts of areas. Okay, and so they have this pressing against them. So what's the answer? Jesus made it through. God, thank you that he did. I overcome because of his grace. He beat that so I can beat it with faith in what he's done. Amen. There is no situation too difficult. I heard Andrew Womack, he was sharing. He actually made a a particular famous radio show. Um, who's the guy that wrote, 
he was on uh, all the country stations, but, and he would do a, a, a blurb every once in a while, but he wrote a thing called If I Were the Devil in the 60s. Who was it? Paul Harvey, yeah. I heard Bob Marley, and I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> I'm like, no, Bob Marley didn't write that. He was... <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> All right, so anyway, Paul Harvey... It's pretty close, you know. You're gonna... So Paul Harvey, he, he actually, Andrew Womack actually made his show uh, for so many bad things that had happened to him all in like a day. And he said there are multiple times where stuff has happened in his life and his staff at the Bible school has said to him, because he comes in to still do his job, even though tragedies have happened. And they said, well, you need to go home. You got this going. He said, no, I don't. God's got me. And he'd go teach his class. Now, many Christians, if you don't worry with them, they think you don't love them. If you don't live in fear with them, and they get mad. I've watched it. I've watched it. I've done it. Because I had my mind in the wrong place. If you don't just get hyper, do you know how serious this is? I like what Keith Moore says. He said this. He said, he, people have come up, this is serious. This is, we have to pray. We have to, what, what were you doing before? It got so bad you had to pray, but you're, yet, you're supposed to pray without ceasing. <laughs> this is natural thinking, right? And, brother, and Keith Moore says this. He said, yeah, it's serious. Serious unbelief. So what's the worst that could happen, right? We could, somebody could die or not get whatever they're, and it didn't work out. But that's not the end of the world. And even if somebody did pass away, what's the worst? They go to heaven if they're born again. Amen? Amen. We don't want to get, faith can, people, it's amazing how good the devil is at twisting things. You know, but have you noticed that the scriptures cover every area of our life? Amen? So we can resist. We can be strong. Their trial of suffering paled in comparison with that uh, endured by valiant heroes of faith who preceded them, Hebrews 11, and by Jesus himself who submitted to the cross. So we'll never face anything to the level that Jesus did. You know, people say, you know, the Lord won't tempt you beyond what you're able. And they misquote the scripture is what they do. Because they think it, God's in heaven going, <laughs> it makes it sound like he's, oh, I'm going to send them this and see if they got faith. That's not what it's saying. What he's saying is, is no matter what you come up against that the devil has concocted in your life to cause you trial and tribulation to steal, kill, and destroy, the Lord is saying, I've already provided a grace for that and it has no chance against you. It's not God in heaven going, crank them down harder. Let's see if they can take this. You got to get that thinking out of your mind. That's demonic religious thinking. God is not trying to hurt you. Why go through all that with the cross to just put you under some sort of weird scientific experiment to see what you can handle? Like a lab rat. People think God's this way because they don't understand the nature of the devil and they don't understand the nature of God. And they, they get them confused, and they think God's in cahoots with the devil, you know? And, and he's, they're not. 
They're not buddies. They're not companions. Amen? So this verse challenges believers to be firm in their faith and loyal to Christ regardless of the cost. Experiencing hostility and suffering unjustly can disturb faith and provoke questions about God's love. This is why it is vital to keep our mind on God and not on our situations. It is vital. Okay, verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. And this is, you could say, children of God. So really, the, it's gender neutral, that word. But it says, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he what? And he scourges every son who, who, whom he receives. So other translations put it this way. Have you forgotten the appeal of Scripture, which, which reasons with you as sons? My son, do not despise the training of the Lord. Do not lose heart when you are corrected by him. For the Lord disciplines every child that he loves, and he chastises, and the word is actually whips, whom he heartily receives. Or you could say spanks. That's what that is. So, the main theme here is still endurance. This is about endurance, okay? Now, stick with me. Don't let your mind go into thoughts that are uh, outside of God's character. But Paul has moved from man's persecution to that of the Lord's chastening. Chastening comes from the Greek word, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spell it. I don't know how to say it, but P-A-I-D-E-I-A, which is also translated discipline. Okay, it's also chastening can be translated discipline in the amplified it's translated that way and in the NIV and it connotes the life training young children undergo at the hands of their parents. The application of natural discipline from a parent toward a child is used by God for the body of Christ. The Hebrew believers in Jerusalem have forgotten this quotation as if they had never known it. They are forgetting an exhortation which has been around for many hundreds of years. This forgetting has occurred because of a lack of reviewing the doctrine and a lack of application. These saints are bristling at the discipline of the Lord and are fainting and giving up when God spanks them. They have forgotten that discipline just proves over and over again that they are children of God. God handles discipline the same way natural discipline should be handled in the home, in love, okay? Not in abuse, in love. The chastening of the Lord is always a display of God's love to pull believers back into line and onto the path he has set before them. So I'll put it to you like this. This is not an issue of heaven or hell. You're saved by grace through faith. But the pathway to heaven has discipline along the way. Right? It is discipline along the way. So, it says this, And just as there is no perfect natural child, there is no perfect spiritual child. Now, there, there are people um, that will take the teaching that we believe, talking about in him realities or spiritual realities that we have. And they will ignore the scriptures that talk about what to do with the mind and the flesh. So they'll claim, I don't have to do anything, I'm already perfect. Well, you're not doing anything to earn your perfection in the Spirit, but you are doing something from your perfection in the Spirit. Okay? Now watch. Hear me out on this. 
That means when we're born again, the part of us that is completely renewed and made perfect is us, our spirit man. But if you notice in the epistles, how many times is the mind and the flesh dealt with? Now, you're not making your mind perfect yet, and you're not making your flesh perfect. You're putting on who you are in the Spirit. You're allowing the Scriptures talk about that the Scriptures, they save your soul. They save your mind, will, and emotions. And people say, well, when will the completion take place? At the rapture of the church. What do you mean? No, you, the scripture says, and people just, and I get it because they don't know. They're trying to figure it out. But, but and, I, and I walked through these questions too. People say, no, I'm complete in Christ. Well, ask your wife if you're complete. <laughs> you know, if this is glorified, I'm disappointed. Because it hurt this morning when I woke up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I had an ache and a pain. And you say, what do you do? I release the resurrection within me. I release the aspirin of the resurrection into my physical body. Because I don't feel like getting up and preaching. I don't, my mind wants to be in a fog. And I'm like, clear up, mind, in the name of Jesus. Body, you will function like you're supposed to. Internal organs, you do what you're supposed to in Jesus' name. And I discipline this body through the resurrection so that I can complete my race. Amen? So people, they get frustrated with me. I've had people get so upset at me. You know, they say, well, I'm the spotless bride of Christ. Yes, in the spirit, but not in the natural yet. If I am the... Sp no, I don't even like that thought, to be honest with you. I mean, I like the thought, but I don't like being called a bride. Even though I am, okay? This is just between me and the Lord. We have this personal thing. Okay, so anyway. I, if this is spotless, darn it. I mean, I don't like it. That's why I need to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. That's why I need, come on. And then we can come back with the Lord at the second coming of Christ. Come on. When he's going to touch down. Not when we take off, when he's going to touch down. Okay? So, so it, it, it's one of those things. It's, it's, we have these realities, but we live in this tension in this life. And you say, why? Well, because of decisions that were made in the Garden of Eden, because of the nature of humanity. And the reality is, guys, we're always going to have this tension living in this world. It's going to be there every day when you wake up. And the more we learn to live out of our spirits, control our, our bodies, our natural tendencies... And renew our thinking, the greater things will be for us in this life. We'll overcome. But we are never going to get away from disappointment. Death is operating in this world and it will continue to until we're out of here. Amen. It will. So don't, don't believe the lie of the devil. Don't believe the lying politicians. You elect me and I'll give you peace. You will not. You will, you arrogant bugger. 
And they're listening to the prince of the power of the air. Pretend, please, pretend some more. I know better. I only look for peace here. Amen. I don't know how I got off on that, but it was good anyway. Okay, so, so God handles discipline the way it should be handled in a, in a home, in love. The chastening of the Lord is always a display of God's love to pull believers back into line and onto the path he has set before them. And just as there is no perfect child, there are no perfect spiritual children. Every son, stated in verse 6, means the Lord's discipline comes to every believer in the Lord Jesus. There is no such thing as a Christian who has never experienced the chastening of the Lord. In the end, Father God's goal is to move believers from the need for outward discipline to a place of self-discipline. Well, it's the same in, with your kids, right? Uh, I, I, <clears throat> I'll tell Ian and I, will talk about things. We're driving here this morning and we're listening to it. I always have like, it's a combination of things. I rarely ever listen to the radio, ever, uh, Christian radio. Um, I'll either have a CD of Brother Hagin's teaching going, or I'll have a podcast or something iTunes that I pick to listen to music-wise. And I will listen to old country music. Because I love it. It's great. Some music I can't listen to, but my kids don't. But Ian and I have been in the car, so I'm listening to a teaching by Brother Hagin right now on being filled with the Spirit. A fresh anointing is what it's called. And, I, and so I'm this way. There's tracks on those CDs, right? I miss... It's not, that, it's not like that anymore with MP3s and stuff, but there are tracks. And so track five, Brother Hagin's sharing about the Lord told him to go, pa- to go minister at a particular church. And the reason why the Lord sent him there is because the pastor was 42 years old. And the Lord said to him, he's going to die if he, if he doesn't listen to what you have to teach. He's going to die. Okay, so <clears throat> this is why discipline comes. So we don't die before we're supposed to. Now, he didn't say he's going to hell. It's just your life, it can get cut short, and you don't want that to happen, right? So Come on. Everybody, everybody has had these moments in their life. You know, uh, you know like uh, Ryan lived a life particular before. If he had not repented and given his heart to the Lord, even if he was born again, if he had continued in that world, chances are you get snuffed out. It, whether it be by drugs or whether it be by somebody who's on your turf. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so we need to be aware. Of, well, it's in the spiritual world, you can get on the devil's turf, even if you're born again with wrong thinking and unteachableness, right? So I don't want to be that way. So this morning, we're listening to this particular section over, what's that, three times? He's 43. The guy was 43. Oh, 42 or 43. Okay, 43. All right, so he's listening. Well, every time I have him in the car, I've played this over and over. And not just for him. It is for him, but it's for me. Because I, I want to fulfill my, what God's called me to do, right? So he's talking about remaining teachable and all of these things. And uh, Brother Hagin was really strong on these things. I miss it because you just don't hear it as much today with those that are what I would call more famous kind of in the church world. And uh, 
he was, he's talking about this. He's talking about discipline. And he said, the Lord sent him there for that purpose. Well, he said, this pastor was really busy. The church was growing, doing good, all these things. And he said, he, um, he wouldn't come to any of Brother Hagin's morning teaching sessions. Now, Brother Hagin would go teach at a church. Now, you, we have no concept. Well, maybe a few have a concept of this. He would teach every morning, Monday through Friday, an hour a day for three and four weeks straight, plus night meetings. This is what they did. And they would get the, he said, I just teach faith. Teach faith, teach faith, teach faith, teach faith, teach faith. And that's all it was, just teaching, 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 teaching. And this pastor wouldn't come to the meetings. So his wife came to him. To Brother Hagin, the pastor's wife. And he said, will you talk to the pastor? He said, this is a crazy thought. And see if you can get him to come to the meetings he's put on. Because he's too busy. He's got a radio show. He's got this. He's got all these things going on. He's too busy to be there. You know, if you're too busy to be a part of God's things, you're too busy. Amen. So anyway, he, he says, so he talked to him, but he didn't come. So there's two days left. And, and, and his wife said, will you talk to him, please? And he said, yeah, I'll try. She said, look, he's going to die if he doesn't come to these meetings. I thought, my goodness. You know, people don't talk like that way today. They think that's unbelief. Sorry. It's not, they're, not declaring, they're not declaring his death, so to speak. They know by, and he said, well, how do you, Brother Hagin asked the lady, how do you know, the pastor's wife, how do you know he's going to die? And she said, I just know on the inside of me. So finally he goes to lunch with the pastor, and he said, I just blurted it out. Well, I, don't, I never knew Brother Hagin personally, but people have said he wasn't much of a talker. Like he was real quiet until he got in the pulpit, or if you wanted to talk about the things of God, he would talk, but besides that, nothing. So... He, he, he sat down with the pastor. He just blurted it out. He said, you know, the Lord sent me here. And he goes, and the pastor said, yeah, I know he did. The Lord told me to have you. And he said, you know why the Lord sent me here? Because you're going to die if you don't hear these teachings on faith and begin to apply them. Talking about dying physically, right? And the man said, yeah, I know it. He said, I know I'm going to die. Now Watch. Talk about the discipline of the Lord, whether we're going to yield to it or not. He said this. He said, he said, uh, you know, Brother Hagin, I know you're right, what you're teaching. I know it's in the word. He said, my wife comes home and tells me, or later tells me after the services, because his wife was in the services, tells me what you're teaching, and I know it's right. And he said, he said, but I'm not going to come to those mornings. He said this. These are the words that came out of his mouth. He said this, he said, I'd rather, and he said, I'd rather die than admit I'm wrong. Literally said that. You know, the thing is, you really want to avoid discipline and die on that hill? That's your choosing your fight? And he went to heaven. You know, don't get me wrong, this wasn't a heaven or hell issue. And right then, Brother Hagin, now Brother Hagin stood in the office of a prophet, so don't go around trying to figure out who's going to live and die, okay? <laughs> that's not, anyway, that's a different, I can't go off on that. So Brother Hagin said it was like somebody was standing behind him, and the Spirit of the Lord said to him, he heard it like audibly, he will die next Sunday in the evening service in his pulpit, and he did, just like that. 
in one week. Because he, but he didn't have to. He didn't have to go. If we allow the discipline of the Lord to work in our, yeah, but it's, it's humiliating. I know it is to your flesh, but you got to remember how your flesh is. And really, do you really want to give it that much credit? Right? We would rather have people around for the full course. I'd rather just, you know, I was wrong. That was dumb. Sorry. Forgive me. I I would rather, you know what I mean? You say, do you ever experience this? Oh, come on. I'm just... I wake up with the same nature in my flesh that you do. You know, uh, uh, these are thoughts that come to me. And they're not my thoughts. They're thoughts that come to me. I don't keep them. Okay? Uh, Stephen Overbaugh was here last Wednesday, right? Or whatever it was. Anyway. Great word he brought, right? Good anointing, my God. Good unction. You sense the anointing? You feel that, the mantle God's given him? Good anointing, man, it was really good. And, uh, uh, but he's 31, right? 31 years old. And uh, he's, I mean, he's been raised in ministry all his life with his family. So I'm just going to tell you thoughts that come to me. So he said, people, you know, want prayer for refreshing whatever come up. Now, if you don't come up, you don't have to come up. You know, if you don't feel like God wants you to, don't. But a thought will come to me. You don't need to go up there. You've been in the ministry longer than him. Do you know that's, that's arrogance? That's stupid. That's demonic. Now, I'm not saying I came up with that thought. These are the thoughts that travel. Well, you can't receive anything from that person. Look how young they are. Or, teenagers, listen up. Those old fuddy-duddies, they don't know anything. But you need to realize this. I love Mark's shirt. He's got this shirt that talks about, it basically says, I may be an old guy, but you know how I got here, right? (laughs) I like that. I've got gray hairs, but you know how I got them? Yeah. So, and this is, that's how the enemy comes. You can't, they did this. They're this age. They're this color. Come on. They're... They're this gender. They're this. No, 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 no. If I'm thirsty, I don't care what the cup looks like. I can drink out of it. And that's what? That's discipline. That's walking in discipline, right? That's, that's allowing the Spirit of God to minister to us and to correct and lead us and guide us. This... Um, Verse 7 says, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? How many have seen the results of undisciplined children? Homes that are broken. Families that are torn apart. I mean, it is just, Luke, uh, we had our graduation thing for Kylie here last yesterday. And uh, we were sitting over here, Mike and me and Luke were sitting over here in the foyer eating. And Luke was sharing some things. That, um, you know, because I have a history. Luke is the one that came and shared about the voting for the school district. We got saved at the same time. We, I told Neil, I don't know if Neil's here, Neil Barnt. But I told Neil, I said, me and Luke were the people, were the kids that your parents warned you about. <laughs> and we literally were. I mean, I could tell you stories that would, it would curl your nose hairs. Anyway, so 
we were, he was talking about, I asked him about uh, his sister had had a, got pregnant in high school and had a kid and stuff. And so I was asking him about that particular child. And uh, his name, the, the child's name is Luke as well. He's named after Luke. And Luke has had connection with him through the years. And uh, he was talking about even though Luke, this, uh, this adopted, he was adopted. He was brought into a family, had a mother and father. It still has was, been very difficult for him. Because of the lack of that nuclear family kind of structure. Now, I love this because Luke, my friend, Luke Hudson, he was in a home, he was in a home that was, it was rough. And parents divorced and all that stuff. But yet his house is in order. And so he looked at me, he said, Sean, it is tough as an effect. But nobody can use a generational curse excuse with me. Because we overcome it. And we've overcome it. So there's discipline. If you'll take discipline. Come on, say it with me. Put your hands right here on your own. Don't come up here and put them on me. All right. <laughs> put your hands here. Say it with me. Say, I'll receive your discipline, Lord. Because I know you discipline those you love. Sons and daughters. Your discipline means you love me. Thank you. I receive it. Now, this is the thing about the Lord's discipline, and this is what I want to finish with in these last three minutes. It says this, there's no child that he doesn't discipline. Uh, verse 8, but if you are without chastening, of which all have become, what's that word, all have become partakers? Everybody gets discipline. Well, I'm just so special, my relationship with the Lord, he never disciplines me. Nope, you're wrong. He will. If you're not hearing discipline, it's because you ain't listening. Now, I'm not saying you should just go look for everything you do wrong. I'm saying you should be open in your relationship with the Lord. Amen? All right. So he says, then you are therefore illegitimate and not son. So the only way you're not receiving discipline is if you're not a son. You're just not born again. So skip down to verse 9 and then actually go down to all the way to verse 11 because this is what I want to end with here. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. So, is there joy? Are you going to be like, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo, yes, spankings, yes, I glory to God. No, it's, it says, nevertheless, it'll be painful. Now, that's not talking about sickness, disease, car wrecks, all that nonsense. Stop that. Just cut it off. That's nowhere, God's, it's not God's nature. People say, well, I, God allowed me to be in a car wreck. No, you got out from God's leading, and you got in a car wreck. And you jumped into the enemy's attack. You ran into the trap. God had nothing to do with that. If God's will on earth is being done, it's the same as in heaven. Do you think there's car wrecks in heaven? Okay. All right. So, but he says this, it says, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the what? Peaceable fruit of righteousness. Does that sound nice? Now watch the last phrase. What does it say? To those who have been... What is the Lord's discipline? Training. It is, I use the sports analogy because I like sports. It's a personal trainer. You're in the gym. Where's the gym? Ta-da! 
We're here. This is the gym. It's ministry to you through gifts that God has placed in the body of Christ and disciples. Ministry to you by the word and the spirit and your training. What does a trainer do? They train your muscles which causes pain but not to injury so that you can avoid injury in the midst of what? The game. What is the game? Life. This is the locker room. This is the gymnasium. This is the training ground. Come on. Everything out there is the game. It's the fight. It's the battle. It's the... Come on. Does that make sense? So we have discipline. We train. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.